I'm praying that wherever you are this morning, you are sensing the presence of the living Lord Jesus by his spirit. As we have lifted his name in praise, we have declared the truths of his word that are unchangeable, unshakable. And now we come to the opportunity to open the word of God together. And I hope you'll find your Bible, go get it, get it in your lap, get it where you can turn the pages and Maybe even take a highlighter along with us as we walk these steps, and maybe a pen, and maybe a journal, just to write some things down. There is a word, there is a word that I'm coming to you with this morning that has just been burning in my heart, and that that has been the the goal of my life in these years of trying to speak to the Lord's people and hopefully feed His sheep. It's that I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be opening up somebody else's message or going to some book of sermons to try to find something that might be interesting to listen to. But I, I ask the Lord, Lord, will you speak to me what it is that you're wanting to say to your people so that it will first be dealt to my heart and then that you'll be working the changes in my own life so that I'm able to speak it with a, with a clear heart and with conviction that these words from his word really, really do apply to our lives. Here is the word, and it's just, it literally is just one word that we'll look at from the scripture in various contexts. It's the word stand. 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 Would you find the book of Ephesians with me? And Ephesians chapter 6, and this is that amazing section where the Apostle Paul is is describing um, the, the, the Christian, the believer, the follower of Jesus in, in the place of warfare, in the place of spiritual warfare. It's not necessarily physical warfare, but it is the war, and it is a war in the realm of ideas and emotions and actions that are generated to produce certain results, driven by the forces of darkness. Now, folks, you know, we... We're not supposed to be spending our time getting into the deeper things of Satan as the, the church in Thyatira was warned against. Don't, don't, be, don't be trying to become experts on the devil. But what you do need to know is that we have an adversary, and he wants to work against our families. He wants to work against our marriages. He wants to work against our businesses, where, we, where the work of our hands is performed, um, and in relationships that, that he... He desires to steal, kill, and destroy what the Lord wants his people to enjoy. In that context, we find these words. Paul is writing, and, he's, and he uses the word finally in verse 10 as he closes out the book of Ephesians, the letter to the Ephesian church. Finally, he says, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, not against humans, not against people, not against bodies, but it is against the rulers, the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, unseen, unseen, yet very, very, very real, against the spiritual forces of wickedness, in the heavenly places. Therefore, he says to the church, take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm.
want to talk to you a little bit this morning as we look at the scripture on this subject, unleashing heaven's might. Stand in the place where God has positioned you as a member of a family, as a spouse in a marriage, as the leader or participant in a business, in relationships that mean something to you and matter to you. It is vital to know, to gather about in our hearts the importance of standing, standing for certain things in the spiritual realm. The word here is not so much about the physical standing, the physical posture, but it is, it is absolutely speaking about standing with certain truths, with certain realities, with certain convictions that are solid in your mind and in your heart. Because this, the battle is in the unseen realm. It will have physical manifestations at points, but the battle is first over the heart. The battle is first over the way we think and those we care about the way they think. And so Paul is saying here, it is important that, that the believer realize your role and how effective your role can be in refusing to agree with the lies of Satan against your marriage, against your children, against your broader family, against relationships, against businesses you're trying to build and things you're trying to do. That where we are found standing in the place of agreement with God's heart, standing in the place of agreement with what God has said in his word and refusing to stand in agreement with the forces of darkness and the lies that are coming against us. There is power in that. Hold on to this verse. Know, know that this one is in your copy of the scripture. Underline it. Mark it. Memorize it. Second Corinthians, Second Chronicles 16.9. The eyes of the Lord roam to and fro throughout the whole inhabited earth that he may show himself strong in behalf of the one whose heart is completely his. To show himself strong in behalf of the one. He doesn't say five or ten or a hundred or four thousand or half a million. He says, I'm looking, I'm looking to find just one whose heart is completely, here's the key, here's the connection, completely in agreement with my heart, in agreement with me. Regardless of what it may look like in the natural, regardless of what the ideas, how strong the ideas and conclusions and logical progressions may be in the minds and in the lives of some that we would care about that are foreign to what God would want, that are foreign to where the blessings of the Lord are found, regardless of what they may be thinking, what they may be concluding, when there is, when God has strategically placed somebody in their lives who refuses to agree with the lies that the enemy is convincing those that we would care about are true, and we are, we are determined that we're not moving from the place of standing in agreement that what God said is going to happen. What the Lord's heart is, that's where, we're, that's where things are going. 
it is at that place. Now remember, go back to the Second Chronicles 16.9. The eyes of the Lord roam to and fro throughout the whole inhabited earth in order that he may show himself, that he may show himself what? Strong. Strong in behalf of the one whose heart is completely his. Here's what I want to say to you to begin with. That word stand, having done everything, stand firm. Realizing that our fight is, is not against physical flesh and blood. That's not really the source of it. Something is driving. Forces of darkness, unseen forces, are driving human beings to draw certain conclusions and take certain actions. So it's not going to solve the problem by putting a physical person in some kind of a straitjacket or, or keep staying on them about you need to stop that or you need to straighten this up or you need to quit thinking that way. They're thinking that way because they're being convinced by a force, a power greater than they are. You and I are in their lives to be able to say, Lord, that lie that they're believing, that junk that they're tra chasing, thinking that that's going to give them freedom and peace and joy and fulfillment, we're calling it a lie. We're calling it out as a lie. We we're not saying we vote with you, devil, in your convincing and working to convince those we care about that certain things that are going to hurt them are really good for them. To be placed, to be positioned in the lives of people and in specific situations where lies are being perpetrated, emotions are being driven, conclusions are being drawn that are just wrong, that will, are taking people in the direction instead of to life, it's taking them to death. For you and I to understand that we are positioned knowing them, being the parent of that child, being married to that spouse, being a part of this business, trying to set up an organization and, and move it toward progress and development and, and a future and a hope. When we realize that we are positioned in that way so that we can be found in agreement with what the Lord wants and we are refusing to give one, one particle of our mind in agreement with the Satan's lies. We refuse to give up. We refuse to ignore it. We accept the role of standing firm in agreement, in agreement, in agreement with the Lord's heart. Sometimes if the enemy can, whatever he uses, whatever he can use that's effective, to back us away from the place of agreement with God's heart in these kinds of settings, he'll use it. He, he can try to convince us, well, that you're just one person, and it doesn't really matter what, what you think because they're making up their own minds. Yes, they're making up their own minds, but we're also instructed and encouraged from the word of the Lord to, to, to stand and believe that he has the power to undo the lies that the enemy is speaking to those we care about. And he has the ability to bring his spirit of truth to encourage them and refresh them and turn them just like the Lord has had to do within us. He, he's had to pull us out of some flat-out wrong conclusions and show us the truth and light in the middle of darkness. He's done it for us, and he can do it for them. And we are positioned that we may be in agreement, in agreement, in agreement, in agreement with the Lord's heart for his heart to be done in the situation, for his will to be done. Jesus, when, when we, the disciples asked the Lord, how, how do we pray? 
Remember he said this. Here's how you pray. Two of the, two of the lines out of it. You pray, thy kingdom come. Your kingdom, your rule, your order, the presence of the king, Jesus, be made manifest on this earth in this situation. And then he also said, here's what you also pray. You pray, thy will be done. Standing in agreement with God's heart is as old and as foundational as the Lord's prayer or the model prayer that Jesus gave to us and even beyond, way back into the Old Testament days. Standing in agreement. Standing, I know I'm speaking to some folks, and, and as you listen to this, there, there are some situations that, 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 that seem, to, seem to be so far out of reach, so impossible to change, that conclusions in the minds of people, that it would, it would take an act of God for them to change. That's why you and I are in their lives. We are representing what God's heart is. We're, we're not there to fuss at them. We're not there to beat them up. We're not there to condemn them. But folks, listen, in the quiet place, in the still place, we are refusing to agree with Satan that this one's life is over, that this marriage is over, that that body will forever be sick all the way to physical death, whatever it may be, or that these charges, these accusations being brought against you or someone you care about by powerful people, that those accusations are literally going to stand. We are agreeing with the Lord's heart, your heart, your heart, your will be done. Do you, do you hear that? I pray that you let that down deep in here. Jesus said, here's how I want you to pray on the earth. I want you to pray for my kingdom to come. The kings we've talked about, the kingdom of God is not going to be found out there. He would say you're not going to look at a geographic place or a street address and find the kingdom of God. Where you're going to find the kingdom of God is in the hearts of people. The ruling and reigning of Jesus in the hearts of people. So as we stand in relationships and in settings and situations, that's our instruction from Jesus as to how to pray. Lord, bring your kingdom. And I refuse to accept that Satan has got this, that Satan's going to be the one that is going to win at the end of the day. Lord, I'm believing you, trusting you, calling this out. Bring your kingdom to this earth, to that heart right there. Bring your kingdom to that heart right there. Bring your rule and your reign to that business right there. Bring your rule and your reign, and then, Lord, that your will would be done. I'm standing here. I'm standing here. And there may be all kinds of hell and all kinds of demonic stuff and lies that are forced and powerful, scattered all, working, working with, with great energy all around me. But, Lord, here I'm looking up to you, and I'm saying to you, no matter how long it's been, no matter who's involved, I'm saying to you, Lord, your will be done. Your will be done. Your will, not your will, not the devil's will. Your will, not people's will. But your will be done. Folks, and I, I'm, I'm just hoping somebody, somebody out there is letting this in. Somebody out there is hearing this. The Lord is saying, as you stand in a place of great opposition to my heart and to my will, as you stand there with your heart being owned by me, my power, my power, heaven's power is being unleashed through your agreement. We may not see all of the physical evidence, all of the observable evidence that, that everything has been straightened out immediately 
or maybe for a good while, and in some cases, maybe not even in our lifetime. But I'm going to tell you, there is no wasted prayer. There is no word spoken unto the Lord in the name of Jesus, standing in faith in a place that is not heard. In fact, there's a reference in the book of the Revelation where the, the golden bowls that are being held by angels in the presence of the Lord are, are called golden bowls of incense. They're, they're called the prayers of the saints. The prayers of the saints. Your prayers, my prayers that have not yet necessarily been answered yet, but there is a time when that bowl is going to be tipped, the image seems to be, and the answers to those prayers are coming. <laughs> oh, I want to encourage you. Listen, he's saying, stand. Stand with your heart fixed on me. Stand in agreement with my word. Stand in agreement with what I have spoken to you. Stand in agreement with what you know and believe to be my heart for that situation. Don't budge. Don't give in. Don't back off. Don't, don't, don't exit yourself from the fight. You stay right where I've put you, and you stand believing. You stand agreeing. Stand agreeing. Stand agreeing. All right, the second part of this is this. Not only stand in agreement, but stand in your authority. <laughs> stand in your authority. Now, I realize I may be talking to some folks that would say, in a natural sense, I don't have any authority. My dog won't even come here when I say, come here, come here. I, 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 can't, I, I don't have any, nobody listens to me. Well, in a natural sense, in a human sense, there can be some truth to that for all of us. But we're not talking about the natural sense. We're not talking about the seen realm. We're talking about the unseen realm. We're talking about the realm where Paul identified as these unseen forces of darkness and, and dimensions and levels of spiritual demonic power. Paul would not have indicated that it was important for us to stand against those forces of darkness if there would be no effect to our standing against those forces of darkness and what they want to do. Their ideas, the emotions they're trying to press, the conclusions that they're wanting people to gain that are wrong, that are not true. Jesus called Satan the father of lies, the father of lies. The devil can tell a lie just like it's a truth. Can I say that again? The devil can tell a lie to a person and make it sound just like it's the truth. He's an expert at that. He's the second most powerful being in the universe, and he has a Ph.D. in human reason and in human emotion, and he knows how to tell a lie just like it's the truth. But when you and I realize that we are not Satan's pawns, we are children of the Most High God, then we are able to see and appreciate and 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 let it in that what other folks are agreeing and saying, well, it's the truth, it's the truth, it's the truth, because they're listening to the prince of, this, of the power of the air. Paul speaks of in Ephesians 2. The, the one who's directing the course of this world temporarily, Satan, the devil, the liar, the accuser. But when we understand that we've been bought with a price and we've been born again by the life of Jesus on the inside of us, the whole world, the whole world can believe in something believing something that you and your spirit know is absolutely wrong. It is not the truth. 
and the truth is the direct opposite, and the truth brings life and not death. Here, here's, here, here is the second part. You stand in agreement, but you stand as you stand in authority, in the place of your authority. If you'll find Ephesians uh, chapter 1, just, just turn a couple of pages over earlier in the chapter, Ephesians chapter 1. Now listen to this. Listen to what Paul is, is, is saying about us. This is verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Look, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. In him, in Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us. Paul is saying there these very important things. As you stand, here's how you're standing before the forces of darkness. You are standing as one chosen by God. Chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. You stand before the forces of darkness. You stand in that place the Lord has put you as one whom God has chosen. He doesn't choose junk. He doesn't choose something that's worthless. He chooses something that is good for his purpose, that he delights in, that he, that he wants to use. So we stand, we stand chosen. Paul also says we stand adopted, that we were adopted. We were adopt, chosen, but adopted. Adopted as sons, adopted as children. He, he chose us because he wanted us. Now get this. This is incredible. This is incredible. In the Roman world, in the legal realm, in the, in the days of Paul, in, the, in, in this time of the, of the first century church, for there to be a Roman adoption, a legal adoption, and that would be how Paul would speak of the relationship that we have with the Father through Jesus more than just once or twice as he would write these letters. The, the, the people in the day, they, they had a sense of what a Roman adoption was like. It was someone who had no blood kin relationship to the family, is being selected out of love, out of desire for that one, and usually it would be the head of the household, and inviting that one who has no background, who has no rights, who has no privileges, who can't demand that this family adopt him or her, but the father in the family chooses and brings into the family in a legal sense that child. And that child from that point on has every legal privilege that every blood-born child would have in that family. Property equally distributed. Favor equally recognized. Paul is saying you need to understand that when you stand in agreement with the Lord, when you are standing firm for what God wants, 
You're standing as one who has been chosen by God. You're standing as one who has been adopted, brought into the family, vested with all the legal privileges of a child of God. Joint heirs with Jesus is another thing that he would place that he would say. Joint heirs with Christ. Joint of what in the world does that all involve? We'll only know one day. But then he also goes on to say you've been, that you've been chosen, you've been adopted, you've been redeemed. You've been redeemed. That's the word for bought. The blood of the Lord Jesus Christ bought you and me away from what our sins had accumulated around us and upon us. The chains of bondage to death and darkness, the ownership of Satan, the most, the most powerful disobedient of the, of the creations of God. He rules over the disobedient. He rules over the ones who were still in that place of their sins having never been forgiven. But now, <laughs> oh my goodness, folks, when the devil looks at you and you recognize who you really are, he has to admit, he has to, he has to back away because he doesn't own you anymore. You have been bought with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You have been set free through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. In addition to that, you have been adopted into the family, and then that you were adopted because you were chosen. But Paul keeps on going, stacking this up, stacking this up. Here's why it's so important that we stand, because we're not standing just like any human. We're not standing just like any creation. We're not standing like any accumulated committee of people. You're standing, you're standing for the will of God. You're standing for the plan of God, for those you care about and love, and, and the dreams that you would have you believe that God has put in your heart. You were standing there as someone God chose. You're standing there as someone whom he's adopted into his family. You're standing there as someone who he has purchased, he has redeemed, he has bought and set free with that precious blood of the Lord Jesus. But also in Romans 8, Paul would say, you're called, you're called, you're called. See, all of this part about us being chosen, adopted, and the redemption price being paid, that happened in our behalf before we, before we were ever born, before we ever drew a breath, before we ever knew our own name. But there comes a point in time, and so many of us can just raise our hand and praise unto the Lord. Lord, I don't know why you did it, the mess I made of my life. I don't know how in the world you could have seen something valuable in me. But I know that you've called me unto yourself. I know that you've called me. I, I know that I, I felt the, the, the knock of Jesus on the door of my heart. And I opened my heart up. And I received Jesus as my Savior and Lord. I answered the call. I answered your call. I answered your call. You stack those up. And they keep, they keep being added in, in importance and significance. You were chosen. You were adopted. You were redeemed. You were forgiven. Forgiven of the sins. You were called. And now we can understand. We, we see it. I never knew it before, but now I can understand it as the Spirit gives my eyes, the eyes of my mind and heart, the ability to understand that I didn't, I didn't find the Lord. I didn't find you, Jesus. You found me. And you've been after me since before there was dirt that San Antonio could be built upon. Adopted, chosen, 
in Christ before the foundation of the world. Keep taking this back. Keep trying to bring us back again and again to this place. Standing, 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 standing in agreement with God, in rejection of Satan's lies over those that we love and, and matters that concern us. Standing in agreement with God in the place God has put us, realizing the authority that he's given us. Folks, listen, listen to the, please get this. You don't have to take, without any counterpunch, the blows of Satan against your family and against your physical being and against your work, your job, your relationships, and on and on and on in the things that matter, in, that are important to us. We are not supposed to just roll over and act like, well, it's just going to happen. Whatever will be, will be. Whatever will be, will be if you refuse to stand. But if the Lord, somehow this is connecting with your heart, wait a minute. I didn't realize that I had that role in the spirit realm. I didn't realize that there was that kind of significance attached to my life against the forces of darkness and in favor of the plan of God being implemented in the life. Lord, thank you that you chose me. Bless you, Lord, that you adopted me. Thank you, Lord, that you redeemed me. I praise you, Lord, that I'm forgiven. I bless you, Lord that you've called me. You've called me unto yourself, and I find myself in this place, and I am going to stand in the place of my authority, and I am going to use the authority that you have given me for your purposes in this situation. Folks, see the faces of a child. See the face of a teenager that's, that, that's checked out. See, see, see the faces. Remember the situations, and you can wonder sometimes, why am I here? Why am I here? Why am I here? Why is all this happening to me? You're there because the Lord has it in his heart to use you as a means of setting captives free. When you refuse to give in to the lies of the enemy that it's all over, it's all done with, there's no hope, we're just as well to move on down the road, something of the spirit of Jesus can rise up in your heart and say, I don't think so. Satan, that's your lie talking to me. That's what you want to steal, kill, and destroy. But I'm telling you, here's who my Jesus is. He's the one who came for this very purpose, that he might rescue the perishing, that, that he might be the one who goes after the lost sheep, and he finds that lost sheep. He's the one who has the ability to cause someone who has been dead spiritually to be born to life again. I'm believing you for life to come instead of death. I'm believing you for restoration instead of destruction. I'm not budging. I don't think so, devil. You keep, you keep speaking those lies. You keep passing, passing around all of those thoughts and all those impressions. But I'm here to tell you I don't agree with one syllable. Devil, I don't agree with one syllable of what you're saying against my family. Now, folks, we got to let this in. I know this isn't, you know, this isn't one of the joyful parts. It's not, it's not one of the easy parts to realize that if you've got a blessed family, listen to me, please. If you've got a blessed family, Satan wants to unbless your family. If, if you've got a blessed business 
or, or you've got a dream that animates you and you want to keep moving it in. See, we stand for the purpose of protection and we stand for the purpose of advancement. That's why we stand. Satan is trying to assault and, and, and destroy. That was the enemy which the Lord has given to us. But, but, he's, but he's also wanting to restrict, wanting to inhibit, wanting to, to, wanting to keep fenced in and backed off the, the expansion that is in the Lord's heart for your life and through your life. And when we find ourselves in that place of saying, Lord, I'm agreeing with you. And I'm asking you to open my eyes to the authority that you have given me. And that you'll help me to understand that I am in the position that I am in by your design. That, that's another part of this. Let me read down through these again. Here's who you are. Here's your authority. Here, here, here is the authority God has given you. You're chosen. You're adopted. You're redeemed. You're forgiven. You're called. You're filled. His heart is that you and I be filled with the spirit of the exalted Lord Jesus Christ. And then the last one, the last spot is, and it's, there could be more that we would name, is that you're placed. You're, you're, you're called, adopted, redeemed, forgiven, filled, and placed. The steps of a good man, Psalm 37, the steps of a good man or a good woman are ordered by the Lord. The steps are ordered by the Lord. Your steps are ordered by the Lord. You're in the family you're supposed to be in. You, you have the abilities that, that he wants you to have. You have the connections that, that are those that he brought into your life. The steps of a good man, a good woman, are ordered by the Lord. Notice this. And he delights in their way. When he falls, you will not be cast headlong because the Lord is the one who holds his hand. You have been placed. You have been placed. You have been placed in this circumstance, in this setting, in the relationship with these people and in the families in order for you, by the power of the Spirit and in the authority that God has put upon you, for you to stand in agreement with what God wants for that family. Stand in agreement with what God wants for that business. With God wants both that marriage, for that life, for that physical entity and being. Maybe it's your very own. But I want to back up to this, this part about being filled with the spirit of exalted Jesus. That, that's, that, you need, I, need to, I need to read this again. This is, this is Ephesians chapter 1 and, and the end of it. And it's that prayer that we've looked at a lot lately here at Alamo City. But as Paul is praying for the Ephesians, he includes in the prayer uh, this statement, that he would cause us to know what is the glory of the inheritance, uh, of his inheritance in the saints. This is verse 19, chapter 1. And what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe? The surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe. Toward us who are in agreement with what the Lord says is true. In the spirit realm, Satan can give evidence of knowing the Bible and the impact of the truths of Scripture animating the lives of Christians in some cases, maybe in far too many cases, far more than the believers themselves, than we ourselves do. Satan understands 
that when you know who fills you, when you know who it is who has given power to you and the kind of power that there is there, Satan will try to do everything he can to defeat your agreement with God in that situation because he knows that there is power, not the power of people, not the power of nature, not the power of darkness, but the power of Almighty God in the person of the exalted Jesus Christ. Paul is saying that, you, that we would know what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe. Toward us who believe, he positions us in a situation and he says, I just want you to stand there and believe me. There's power in you. There's power flowing through you. There's flower, power flowing into you. You trust me. You just keep agreeing. You just keep agreeing. You just keep agreeing. And you watch. I will look across the hole and I will see you in that place of agreement. And I will, I will cause my support, my power to be released in the behalf of the one. That's 2 Chronicles 16, 9. In the behalf of the one whose heart is completely mine. Then, then he goes on to say, what is surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe? These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might. When he, when he brought about Christ, when he, when, when he, what he brought about in Christ, when he raised him from the dead, and said, hang on, hang on, you standers. You're being called to stand. Listen to this. Listen to this. Which he brought about in Christ. When he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority, and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Jesus exalted in all of these descriptive and very real terms has been given as head over all things to the church, which is his body. So when a member of the body, so when a part of the bride of Christ, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, steps into that place of God's assignment, of God's placing, and they are realizing that the one who is alive inside them, the one whose spirit fills them, is the one who has been placed in authority over every listed type of demonic realm and order in the universe. Don't you reckon Satan doesn't want that stirring up and messing up his agenda? So he will try to do whatever he can to back us away from, to cause us to give up on agreement with the Lord who he is, what he has said, what he has said to us. But my brother, my sister, one of the places where the Lord wants to show you how personal and how real he is in your life is when you find yourself, and all of us do in some way or another, a setting like this where, where all we can do is stand. There's not really a word more that we can say. There's not necessarily anything material that we can do. But in our spirits, we're saying to the Lord, Lord, I'm agreeing with you. Bring your kingdom. Your will be done. 
Everything I'm looking at is under your feet. Everything I'm listening to is under your authority. You're standing on top of that which is destroying those that I care about. And I'm calling upon you in your time and in your way to set these captives free. Set these captives free. Are you hearing that? Are you hearing that? You stand in agreement, but we are to stand in authority, in the authority, in the authority that the Lord has given to us. I hope you jotted down the, those, those verses that we've been over and that, that especially that Ephesians 1 section. Then you can go to Hebrews chapter 1. Then you can go to Philippians chapter 2. Those places where Jesus is described in the authority of who he now is and you realize that that Jesus is alive inside you and he desires to fill you with his spirit, which means you're going to be filled with the spirit of truth which means you're going to have a better sense of discernment as to what is truth and what is not truth, what is life and what is not life, what is death. And as you stand in that place, in the authority of a chosen, redeemed, forgiven, filled with the power of the living Jesus in your heart, and placed by God himself, you stand there, and great effect is on the way. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Now, the last thing I would say to you, I won't stay long on this, but I, I want you to know that it's here. It's important. We stand in agreement. We stand in the authority that has been given to us. But here's one. You stand aggressively. You stand aggressively. You stand in the place on behalf of the ones that don't realize what they're into or what's going on or how to get out of it or you stand you stand you stand aggressively standing is not a defensive posture standing means you've gotten up out of the foxhole and you have declared where you are and who you're standing for and it is not for you satan it is not believing your lives it's standing for my Savior, my Christ, God himself, what he has said. I'm agreeing with what he has said. All right, will you find, will you find 2 Corinthians, book of 2 Corinthians, and chapter 10. It's saying here, the point being made, we're called to stand aggressively, aggressively. In prayer, it's the place of prayer. It's the hidden place. It's the, it's the quiet place in many ways, not, not necessarily, you know, with guns blaring in the natural and, and all of the things that, that could be seen in the physical or heard in the physical. But listen to this. This is Paul writes, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Mark, mark this. You need to know it's here. For though we walk in the flesh, though we walk in human bodies, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And then read that again. 
Let me read that again. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Ours is not with pistols and knives and grenades and cannons. We do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations. You know what that word is? That's the word that we get our word logic from. We are destroying as we pray, as we exercise these weapons of our warfare, prayer in the name of Jesus, refusing to give up on the authority of the word of God, believing in the loving heart of Jesus to rescue the perishing. We are destroying speculation. Speculations means trains of thought, ideas, progressions of reasoning that are headed and ended up away from Christ. We are destroying logical progressions of thought. We are destroying as we pray. We are destroying as we stand and as we pray. Progressions of thought that seem to be logical to the person. We are as we pray, exercising the weapons of our... We are, we are dismantling. We are destroying, we are separating, we are, we are causing it to come disconnected. Speculations. And then he goes on to say, and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. Speculations raised reasoning raised up against the knowledge of God, but every prideful thing raised up against the knowledge of God. Lofty thing. You know, some folks, they're just so convinced, you know, they don't need God. They don't need God. Self-made man, self-made woman, I got plenty of money, you know. And, and all of that, but bulletproof. But when the Spirit of the Lord does His work of calling us and energizing the place of our standing, then we're realizing that the power of God and the authority of God and the will of God is along the lines of us praying specifically, Lord, show them the lie. Set them free from the lies. They are one breath away from hell. That they, they, that their conclusions that, that they're pursuing, it's taken them away from their families. It's taken them away from the things that are life, that, that, that will be blessing to their souls. Lord, in the name of Jesus, because you love them, we're standing here believing that, that you will destroy that logical progression. And that you will bring down, you will bring low. The prideful places raised up in their hearts that have caused them to feel like they don't need God. Now, is that because we're, we're so mad at people that we don't want anything good for them? That, that, we, that, that this is about a, a hate kind of prayer? Absolutely not. It, it, it's about the kind of prayer that, that would care about somebody, but, but the spirit of truth inside you shows you where they're headed. They're headed off a cliff. They may have $5 million in the bank, cash, paid off everything, but their, their hearts are cold, that there's a blindness about the things that are ultimate reality, and they don't even have a clue. One breath away from eternity. And without Jesus, without Jesus, heaven is not the home. All right? Stand. Having done everything, Stand firm.
it doesn't make sense to stand against the forces of darkness in behalf of ones you care about unless you know who you are. If you don't understand the authority vested in you by the grace of God, by the love of Jesus, by his choosing of you and calling you out and setting you free so Satan has no claims on you and filling you with the spirit of the exalted one, the one who stands on top of everything that Satan would try to give his leadership to and force his will on. And when you realize that and you understand the Lord has placed you where he's placed you, and all he's calling upon us to do is to stay in the place of agreement with him. Lord, I agree with you. I agree with you. I agree with you. And we're holding in that place, that Second Chronicles 16, 9. The eyes of the Lord roam to and fro throughout the whole inhabited earth in order that he may show himself strong that he may show himself strong, not you and me strong, but that he may show himself strong in the behalf of the one whose heart is completely his. Do you get the agreement part of that? My heart isn't completely his if I'm, if I'm filled up with doubts and I'm listening to all of the, uh, the what-ifs and all the coulds and all the things that the enemy would try to do and bring. But, but, but when, I'm, when I'm refusing to go that way, and when my flesh, the, the humanity begins to act up and my faith begins to, to waver, I, I go back to Romans 15, 13. Now may the God of hope fill you up with all joy and peace and believing so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't put, up, put it upon us to maintain this heart of, of, of pure agreement on our own. That is a function of the Spirit of Jesus. That's why we need to keep praying, Lord, fill me. Lord, fill me. Lord, fill me with your joy and peace and believing. Now, may the God of hope, we're standing here in the place where he put, he's put us with our eyes on the God of hope, hoping, believing that what the enemy's trying to do is the opposite of what God's going to do. Now, may the God of hope fill you up. May he do it. May he fill you and keep filling you with joy and peace and believing so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We have the right to pray aggressively. We have the right to pray knowing who we are in Jesus. And we have the right and the calling upon us to pray in agreement with what God wants. Let me, let me pray with us before, before we go. Lord, thank you for the time today. Thank you for your word. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, by the power of your Spirit, that you will go forth in great strength and freshly encourage ones, brothers and sisters in Jesus, sons and daughters in Christ, who have lost sight of, lost the sense of how important their role in the relationship with children, extended family, in marriages, in work, in relationships, wherever it may be, have lost the sense of the importance of them staying in the place of agreement with you for the ones that we love, for, for the outcome to be what you want, Lord, instead of what the enemy came, seems to just keep saying, it's inevitable, there's no way out, this is how it's going to be. Lord, we pray that you'll forgive us for the places of doubt and unbelief, 
But we're coming back to you asking you to fill us freshly with your spirit of faith. Fill us with your spirit of hope. Joy and peace may abound in our hearts. And may we be found as a candidate for that one that you're looking for across the face of the earth. That our hearts are completely yours in this situation for your outcome, your intended outcome. And that you would show yourself strong in behalf of us. That is our prayer. Speak his name with me, would you? The name Jesus. We ask for this, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Stand. Keep standing in agreement, in the place of authority. And you stand aggressively. You stand aggressively. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Pastor, for that word, and thank you for being here this morning. As we close the service, I'm going to ask our Alamo City prayer partners to come forward, if you'll come join us uh, right now. And uh, if uh, if you have a, a prayer need, or, or these these folks would love to be able to pray with you this morning, so please come come right now, and and uh, they'll they'll be glad to pray. Uh, we sang a little earlier about uh, all my hope is in Jesus, and our hope is in Jesus, and and Him alone. And uh, then the old hymn, "'Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus." And it, this morning, if you have not trusted in Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you've not done that before, may today be the day that that happens. And uh, if you've got questions or just uh, know right now that you want to uh, invite Jesus to uh, be your Savior and the hope that we have, uh, I'd ask you just to come forward. We would love to be able to, to pray with you and, and uh, just fellowship with you to uh, uh, know that uh, our eternity is secure with Jesus Christ. So thank you for all of you that are here in, in San Antonio, those of you that are joining online. If you've got a prayer request, please send it to pastor at alamocity.org. We will pre be praying over those prayer requests this week as well. So please stand and feel free to come forward and, and join us in prayer. And uh, let me just pray as, as I close out. Father, we just uh, thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for the beginning of this new week, and we thank you that we can stand in your authority. We thank you that we can stand aggressively, Lord, and we just ask you now to order our steps uh, through the days ahead and this week. And uh, Father, uh, we pray for your wisdom, and then Lord, uh, help us to be obedient to what you've called us to do this week. And uh, we just thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, come join us if you'd like to pray, and uh, have a wonderful week.